Good Monday afternoon, all you pokey adventurers. This is your host, Rob, from Altered Universe of the Podcast. We're going on another pokey adventure. We've been doing a lot of these lately, but hey, Pokemon is life, I think. Or maybe I'm just addicted. I don't know. But we can't do this alone. We need help. So we have, all the way from Geek Freaks Podcast, we have Frank. Welcome back, sir. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. So what have you guys been up to over on your end of the, uh, I was going to say the freaky world, the geeky world? I'll take both of those. <laughs> um, uh, we've been doing just super busy. We just had a BlizzCon, which is a big convention for us. And so now we get back and it's all about catching up from our time over there. Oh, that's right. So you're actually, I think, down near me a little while ago because they do that in uh, Anaheim, right? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. We came okay. Yeah. So you're, uh, I mean, I'm not close, close, but you're, you were in the vicinity. So, yeah. <laughs> and how, and how was that? I was pretty, I've been reading about it. It seemed like it did pretty well. Oh, it's, yeah. Crazy good. Very, very big year for them. Cool. And I'm sure uh, you guys will have a podcast on it. So once that's up, I will be happy to uh, link that up to here if you'd like. Oh. Uh, share that out. Um, all right. So, if you guys couldn't tell already, I'm addicted to Pokemon Go and I'm first to admit it. But hey, if I'm going to be addicted to something, might as well be video games, right? At least it can't kill you, at least not yet. <laughs> um, so we are going, so okay, before I, we jump in, if you guys haven't listened already, I do a series called Pokey Adventures, Pokey Species Chat, where we go over all the billions of Pokemon that keep popping up throughout the world. And as I said to my guest last time I was talking on a different one, we will die before we finish this because there will be way too many Pokemon to go over. They just keep making these, don't they? <laughs> yeah, nonstop. Nonstop. Every, every, well, not every year. It's like every day, it feels like. <laughs> um, so we're going to go a little old school, back to Gen 2. Uh, and we're going to talk about one of the, uh, they call them legendary dogs. I don't know what they are, but whatever. They know better than me. Um, we're going to go over Entei, one of the uh, specific ones, uh, a fire type legendary. So off the bat first, and I, I always ask this to um, my guests that I talk to, what makes a legendary Pokemon better than, you know, your typical Pikachus and Squirtles? Uh, it has to be their rarity, first of all, because it can only be really like one or two of them. Like it has to be, you know, the point of the game to catch them. Right. Uh, and, and then I would suggest also that they're probably from before all of the other Pokemon because it feels like when you're reading about them, it's like, oh, they invented volcanoes or some crazy thing like that. <laughs> it like, predates all things. That's actually one reason why I love like the old fossil Pokemon and stuff like that because they have like a backstory to it. And I, I really agree with, with what you just said because I think like, um, you know, we have Entei now, but, you know, Lugia, Ho-Oh. Um, all those guys, I feel like there is some sort of backstory to them. Um, I always think of like the, the weather trio, Rayquaza, Groudon, and uh, Kyogre, how they like, they invented the world kind of. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's, a good, that's a good call right there. I think the, the one, the one uh, answer I always get is I think because of the rarity and that's what makes them so cool. Uh, I was talking about one of them on, on another episode and, they, and my guest basically said, if it was so easy to catch, nobody would give a damn. Yeah. You know, so that, so that, that right there, I think makes it a big deal. Uh, now, a lot of people will say, depending on the kind, um, you know, some are better than others, but for Entei's sake, I think he's on the cooler side, in my opinion, because I'm a big fire type uh, Pokemon lover. So yeah. I think right there, he's better than the other two. 
Does that make him better? I don't know. But I've noticed that fire typings tend to be a little stronger, whether it's the anime or the games or whatever, than other kind. That's just my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, fire types always seem to be like the cool kids on the block. And (laughs) he, over uh, over the other two, he just looks awesome. He looks like he's got like more muscles than them, if that's a thing. His main he's not like of- like leg bracelets. Like he looks like he's gonna yeah. like he's carrying weights on him or something. Yeah, the other two are like fashion show dogs, and this one's like protecting the property. It's awesome. Dog. <laughs> that's hilarious. I was like, I was kind of thinking the same thing. I'm like, if you want a dog, this is what you want. Like this is the one that's gonna eat your neighbor. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So. Being a legendary, they don't evolve into anything or from anything yet. Uh, We have yet to see if there is a smaller version of them. But so far, uh, we've noticed that uh, most legendary Pokemon have no other related evolutions, which by itself is kind of cool because, like you said, it makes it more rare. If there was, like, a lineage of them, then we might be like, eh, you know, it's kind of like getting Charmander to Charizard. You you do it once and that's it. So reading up on our, our, our buddy here, um, so the three legendary beasts, specifically Entai right now, were resurrected by Ho-Oh, like I brought up earlier. So that right there is kind of cool because I think that also plays in the backstory that these guys were like created from the elements and then they made, you know, portions of the geography. Right. Um, and it's funny you said Volcano a minute ago because he is actually known as the Volcano Pokemon. So legend could have it that he was the one that basically created what we know of as fire in the Pokemon world. Yeah. Um, so biologically, we kind of jumped into a little bit already. Uh, he, he has Leo nine features, which is always funny to me because they call them dogs and yet they refer to them cat like, I don't understand how Niantic works, but yeah. it, it, whatever. It, he does. He, he doesn't really look like, I mean, I could see like the, maybe the main part, but his stance, everything like that, just says dog. Like I think if you read into sometimes I see a mastiff. Like yeah, yeah and that, that's what I was gonna bring up because they describe him as that, but yet they also describe him as lion-like. And I'm like, well, you kind of gotta pick one. You can't really, right. you know, this. I mean, this is you know Pokemon, so I guess you can do whatever you want. But <laughs> I mean, yeah. for the sake of biology, let's pick one and just you know be okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that is true, though. He does. He he definitely has the features of what a lion would be, but body st- structure. He definitely is dog-like. He's got the dog paws. He's got the you know the dog-like face. Um, but you know, it is Pokemon, like I said. So who knows? Right. We, we, we can we can take them all with a grain of salt. Um, what's interesting about this guy, though, when it comes to the uh, anime and the cartoons, is that I believe we did we first saw him in the movies before any mention of him was in the cartoon. But I think that also has to do with his legendary status, right? Because if he was in the cartoon, he may not be so cool if you know Ash and friends happen to come across him. Yeah, and I believe he's from like the earlier tier of movies where the movies were based on the legendaries. Like, Correct. Uh, I think it was what I'm looking at here, uh, the spell of the unknown Entai. So obviously there was the unknowns in that, but it looks like that he was the main focus of it, at least yeah. in that particular one. And then secondarily, he came into a movie called Zoroark, Master of Illusions, but he also appeared in it alongside some other legendaries as well. So 
That, that's a very good uh, point you make right there. Um, it's kind of cool because especially in Pokemon, it's not like, let's say, a Marvel or a DC franchise where the characters are people. Pokemon actually makes a way of putting animals as the main focus. Right, uh, yeah. Which works because if you think about it, yes, I know Ash and Friends are kind of like the main characters, but without the Pokemon, you wouldn't have Pokemon. I know that's a really redundant sentence, but... Um, you know, without the creatures, there really wouldn't be a, a, a show or a game, I think. Is that, is that fair to assess? Yeah, even, uh, like, they're rebooting Pokemon right now, and they're like, oh, we have two protagonists, but nobody really cares about that. Everybody cares about, is Pikachu back? And this new protagonist, you know, who is he getting? He's eating Score Buddy, but everybody cares about what Pokemon are there, and that's what we watch for. Yeah, and, and actually, it's funny you brought that up because I just I did a, a solo podcast myself that I recorded it where I basically brought up some of the Pokemon he could have. And when I got to the part about who he'd be with, I was kind of like, I don't really know if I care this second because it's not as interesting, you know, because he's going to have a couple people with him. We already know that. Right. And, but that's all I really care about. You know, I really want to know what he's going to have. And I picked out some pretty weird Pokemon that Ash could bring or, you know, catch. But I, I really wasn't too concerned with the, I don't know what you want to call them, his, like, sidekicks. I don't know who they really are, like his helpers. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. So, you know, so I think Pokemon does a really good job with um uh, focusing and if i and i'm sure you've watched the anime as you know i want i watch i still watch it now because amazon has episodes and hulu has episodes so i'll rewatch episodes they kind of go down the list of the pokedex and if you notice they kind of introduce them in an order as the pokedex would so like you know there's a whole episode on hypno and drowsy and there's a whole episode on abra and his line and they go right after each other because in the pokedex they're introduced next to each other so yeah the game and the anime do kind of follow closely together. Now, granted, I know some of them like Mew and Mewtwo, they kind of just show up whenever because they're them. But yeah. <laughs> when it comes to the regular Pokemon, there is kind of an order to, um, to how they're introduced, which I always think is kind of cool. Yeah, um, yeah. And then of course, after the movies, you know, just like we've seen Ho-Oh and Lugia, there's flashbacks and there's scenes where you see you know, Entei and, and Suicune and all of them show up too. So it's not necessarily, they're not really part of the anime, but they're there because they're still a major part of the storyline. Um, you know, from the movies, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, when it comes to um, entertainment-wise, we have the um, the manga, which I'm slowly getting into again. I don't know if, you, if you've been to Barnes & Noble lately, but Barnes & Noble actually has like the entire collection, at least the one by me. That's so, awesome. I didn't know that they were, they were putting those out. I have to check. You know, I, I, I was there. My girlfriend and I went the other day, and I just I was like, what the hell? Let me look. And I went there, and there was literally, I would say, probably a shelf and a half of Pokemon manga. Um, so cool. They don't necessarily go with the show, but they have the same animals in it. So, like, you know, in the manga, they're, they call him Red instead of Ash because, that you know, that's like the game, Red and all those characters. Yeah. But the Pokemon-wise, he has, you know, he's got Bulbasaur, he's got Pikachu, he's got, you know, Kabuto, he's got all the ones you know, so the manga really does fit with, with the rest of the franchise. Uh, so, yeah, so, if, you're, so if, uh, if you and anybody else wants to go check them out, um, I, obviously, I don't know if every Barnes & Noble is going to have them, but <laughs> I'm noticing the one by me has a bunch of them. So, 
you know, feel free to go check them out. I, just, yeah. I started reading one that I got that it's pretty funny. It's, it's really fast paced because it's, it's a comic book. So right. you don't really need to focus too much because most of it's pictures, which, <laughs> you know, I have the attention span of a flea sometimes. So I love it. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So in the manga, we'll just kind of gloss over because again, I don't, you know, I haven't read all these, so I can't be a forefront on it, but I've noticed that he is in a bunch uh, which for a legendary Pokemon, I guess is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what's your, uh, what's your take on book versus TV show type of things? Are you more of a fan of reading something or watching it? Well, I, you know, it's one of those things where if you read it, it's, I, it's always gonna be better than the show just in every case. Cause you could have right. more detail, but I think, you know, I, the show will, you know, especially Pokemon, it stands on its own. It's great by right. itself. And if you read the book, it's just like, you like know the secrets, you know, all the behind the scenes stuff. So it just enhances the show even more. That's a good way to put it. The, the book really is like, an, it's kind of like, uh, you know, like when you get those shows and there's like a set special episode on Hulu, it's like the behind the scenes look, you're, you're exactly right. I never thought of it that way. That's really, that's really cool. Uh, damn you. Stop, stop being so smart. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Okay, so one thing that I've gotten into lately, um, and I think I've talked to you about it, is the card game. I'm slowly building my deck back up. Uh, And when it comes to the card game, this is definitely one of those cards you want to get. Just like the EX cards, just like the, you know, full evolution cards, Entei is definitely one of those uh, strong ones you want to have. Now, it may not be the uh, highest HP, but you can definitely do some good damage. I don't know. Do you play the game at all? Or I, I did back in the day. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> Way back, back when we were the children. Day when Charizard was the best. You know? Exactly. <laughs> back when there were no such thing as like, you know, 500 HP cards. Exactly. Um, okay, so we'll, we'll glance over a little bit and skip that. But I just want to throw that out, for, throw that out there for those playing. Um, he's definitely a card you want to have in your deck just because, you know, He's a legendary Pokemon. He's just cool to have, sure. even if you're just a collector. Um, I'd recommend, I don't know if I have him yet. I think I'm still looking for him because like I said, I'm still rebuilding. So I got a long way to go to find everything I need. <laughs> and the decks do not make it easy. Like they want you to pay more money to get more cards. Yeah. It's business. What are you going to do? Of course. Um, and I always bring this game up, but I don't play it. I don't know if you do, but the Super Smash Brothers I did not realize they have so many Pokemon in that game. So uh, many. Yeah, and he's actually really awesome in it too. Oh, so you play, okay, so so what, what's he like in, in that version, like in that kind of game? Uh, he's a mess. When he comes out, he does these like fire tornadoes that just <laughs> mess things up. So whenever he comes out, he's one of those that, you know, it's great because sometimes a Magikarp will come out and just splash around and you're like, oh, I wasted it. But when he comes out, you just got to move out of the way and give him the space to freak out. It's great. <laughs> All right. I'm looking at his picture too. You definitely know it's an N64 game. Like he looks yeah. like a 90s version of N.T. That's uh, an early version of him for sure. Yeah. But that's cool though. It's good. It's good to get the uh, input there for people that are still playing the game because like I said, I, I don't, I don't remember, I don't have you know, time for all of them, but I like to just give those people out there that are still playing just a little bit of insight because who knows, just like you, maybe other people are still playing. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, the N64. God, I feel old now. Just saying. <laughs> um, okay, so skipping through, uh, we'll just go over his stats really quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so his HP stands at 115, as does his attack. 
though his defense is 85. So he definitely is one of those characters that you don't really use as a backup. You use him as a full-blown, you're going to beat the crap out of your character type of yeah. deal. You don't really hold him as like a defensive. You hold it, you use him as, as a fighter. That's, that's fair to say, right? Yeah. Um, so his type of effectiveness um, and I always laugh at this because I always, there's, they always say they're so strong, but yet they can be damaged by everything. So in this case, he can be damaged by normal fighting, flying, poison, ghost, electric, psychic, dragon, and dark. Isn't that like all the types of Pokemon there are? Yeah, you're pretty, yeah, you're, you're all right. <laughs> so really, if you put him out and somebody has one of those, you may not be as good as you think you are. I, right. Just throwing it out there. Uh, yeah. He is weak to ground, rock, and water, which is not too bad because the, the less weaknesses you have, the better it is. He's immune to nothing, which kind of sucks, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, and he's resistant to bugs, steel, fire, grass, ice, and fairy. So of those, fire, grass, and bug are probably normal. So I would say if your opponent has a lot of fire types, you're pretty much okay using your Entei. Um, you know, ice, fairy, and steel are very, they're not always being played. Uh, whether it's the game or the cards. So you don't really necessarily have to worry about that. But if your your opponent is playing fire or grass or bug type, you're pretty much good to go. Just stay away from everything else, apparently, because then you'll die. Um, the fairy type is pretty unique that, that he would be uh, resistant to that. I'm not sure why. It must be just his legendary status, but nothing about him being fire would say that. Yeah, I, you know, I, and look, reading through some of the other ones that I've done in the other uh, past podcasts, some of them don't make much sense. Like some of them are, are you know, damaged or, or weak to their own kind. And I'm like, how does that, what? <laughs> you know, you're fire and you're weak to fire. Like, I don't get it. But I'm just scared all the time. Exactly. So, okay, so now the move set. And we're just going to go over some of the, the ones that we, that we remember. So uh, Sacred Fire and Eruption, mm-hmm. uh, Lava Plume, Ember, Fire Spin, uh, Flamethrower, Fire Fang. Uh, so those are the ones that it looks like were the first preliminary ones. Uh, of yeah. those ones, do you remember any of those specifically that you that you enjoyed, or were they all kind of equal uh, uh, use? Uh, you know, they're they're all classics, but Ember was kind of your like, I just need to get through these this grass fast. You know, it was kind of your low end but amazing. Because um, so I, I was going to say that, or I was going to say flamethrower was kind of like my go to. Yeah, yeah, you know, it may not be great, but it kind of like does the damage you need to sort of yeah and then you could like follow up with a really crappy move i guess if you you know if you didn't want to waste all your like tms or whatever but and the key with these guys all three of these legendary dogs had over like extremely fast speed above what you'd expect uh especially susan the, the next of the water type uh they they will always essentially attack first because and that was the whole point of catching them back in the silver and was it gold days yeah i think so you'd have to find a way to like entrap them, slow them or something like that, because they were going to be gone the next move. Okay. So it's, so, so when you're going to catch them, it's useful in that perceptive in that, in that stance, when you have them in your team, then that's probably a different mindset of how you play it. Right. Yeah, They're going to, they're going to get the attack off first. So you know that like, if you have an ability that's going to lower the other targets, defense or something like that, you have, you have the advantage because you're going to be able to be like a leer or something like that. You can get that leer off before they can do anything to you, and you already are winning the fight. Okay, all right, all right, cool. So that, so, and so, no matter what, he's definitely still one of your top 
top players for, for sure. He's an uh, opener too. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah. That's an opener. All right. So I know before we got on, you're talking about the sprites that we were looking at earlier because they're kind of cool. So just kind of just for fun, what what is your favorite visual one? Uh, uh, so, that it's so hard. I look at Silver and that's like the one that I, I was introduced to him on, of course. But uh, the way that uh, the black and white ones move, like they're constantly moving back and forth, like they're just hanging out. I just, I really like that. That's cool. Kind of got like that dancing light going on, like he's like yeah. just, just chilling, like you know, yeah, that's kind of cool. I was just curious because I know because you brought it up earlier, and I was like, you know, let's let's see, let's see what he likes. Let's let's see what kind okay. of uh, you know thing. Um, okay, so before we wrap it up, we're going to go over some trivia and the origins, which I think you'll appreciate the origins in a second. Um, okay, so uh, Entei, along with his other dog buddies, were designed by one of the uh, main writers. I'm going to pretty much ruin his name, Maneo Sateo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I apologize to him or her. You know, thank you. Uh, okay, so this one's always fun, because I always like how a lot of these Pokemon are actually connected. Uh, Entei shares its category with Quilava and Typhlosion, all being known as Volcano Pokemon. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how many were connected, but there's a few that I've done, done before in other podcasts where like they're all pretty much the same typing and yet you would never think about it because you never put the two together. Like, you know, and interesting enough, they can learn eruption. Cool. Yeah, makes sense, yeah. Um, okay, Entei's number in the National and Johto are the same. I don't really know why it would be different, but maybe National has counted extra Pokemon? I don't know. I. Yeah, that is, I, I don't see why they would be any different. Yeah, so so it's two forty four for those who don't remember. Um, Entei has the highest base HP of all Fire type Pokemon. All right, interesting. So that one fifteen is the highest base stat there. Didn't know that. Um, all right, here we go. So this one's for you in Gold, Silver, and Crystal. Playing Entei's Cry in the Pokédex, then switching to Suicune or Raikou causes a distortion in the cries of Suicune or Raikou. Yeah. Oh, man, having those three on your team, I remember very well I would help my friends catch them because there was a way to track them. They were always moving around the map. They weren't in one specific spot. And once you had all three on your team, like, you could just play around with all three of them and create these cool combos. They are amazing together. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Well, yeah. I'm sure they were very appreciative of you helping them because I'm <laughs> sure they were not hard to catch. I mean, not easy to catch. It cost them rare candies. I got my payment. <laughs> you, got your, you got your payment. There you go. Um, all right, so this is kind of interesting. An unused event that was present in the data of gold and silver allows you to get a level 40 Entei. I, I guess, I don't know if that means it was opened up or if it just somebody figured that out and the rest of us can't have it, I guess. That's weird, yeah. That's weird. Um, Entei's effort value yield of one HP and two attack is unique. So it seems like a lot of stuff about this guy is pretty cool, pretty... Um, not standard to the rest of uh, to the rest of the uh, Pokemon world. Um, okay, so onto its origin, and this kind of goes back to our discussion about whether it's a lion or a dog. Uh, the Entei is based off the Chinese guardian lions or lions of Fu. Funny enough, though, some some sources will read that those dogs or those those lions are actually dogs. So, I guess in a weird way, it's kind of both when it comes to Chinese culture. Yeah, and one thing I really like is is they're saying essentially that in China, it's considered a lion, but in the Western side, they see it as a dog. And here you and me are like, it's a dog. What are you guys talking about? And maybe it's because we're on the Western side. That That's true too, because I have, you know, I have had conversations with people where like, 
so like it seems like it would be kind of a racial thing to say here because we don't understand it. But when you look at the backstory of how these names come up and how these cultures come up, it's actually part of their their legends. It's yeah. not necessarily like just a random thing. It actually has to do with you know something. Which it's, um so much cooler too. I love that. It does. Uh, and I'm really, you know, some people are, you know, some people describe it as like a Mastiff, some say like a St. Bernard. Mm-hmm. I would just say it's, it's definitely a large, formidable, big breed of yeah. some sort. Like, I don't care what it is, but if this is a dog, this is like a, you know, like a Great Dane-sized animal. Like, you know. Right, yeah. This is like you walking down the street and people are like, okay, I'm walking across the way. Your thing is going to, like, shoot me with fire. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, so it's kind of cool. So, and you know, it's, it definitely, and it is Pokemon. So, you know, there's a lot of creatures out there that are like, you know, a, you know, a squirrel and a monkey put together or like, you know, a rat and a, and a, a whatever. So it would, it makes, it would make sense that, that this is definitely looked at as um, two animals together. But I think you make a very good point though. I think culturally wise, cultural wise, uh, if you look at what the legends say, it probably is more so a lion culturally, but visually, at least on our part, like you said, the, the West the Western uh, Empire area, um, we look at it as a dog because, granted, when you when you see it, it looks like a large dog. Yeah, and maybe we're more used to dogs or something like that. It's pretty interesting. That is true because when was the last time you saw a lion running around California? I mean, it, it's yeah, right. Before, yeah, not enough. <laughs> I mean, I went to a museum the other day, and it was like they had a thing on Jungle Land in Van Nuys. Yeah, I always remember that. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that, that's your only chance to see a lion. <laughs> exactly, like that, way back when, that was how you saw yeah. wild animals, and I'm like thinking, God, that just must have been weird to be like, oh look, there's a lion sitting next to like the freeway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, his roar is known throughout the Pokemon roar as a sign of a new volcano erupting. So there you go, you actually said it from the beginning maybe he makes volcanoes erupt there you go he more or less does um and they say he might be uh might get some inspiration from a treyu a teru i don't know if i pronounced that right who was a demon uh who also signified uh volcanoes as well so they really put some thought into this huh yeah, and then going on, expanding on his name, you're probably going to get to it, but I just find it really interesting with what we were talking about before as well. Uh, his name is Entai in every language except for Mandarin Chinese. It's actually Yandi. I might be saying that wrong, but I think it's Yandi. And uh, that's the name of an ancient Chinese emperor. Now that combined with earlier, they when you do the research on it, they show that his face is actually designed to look like a Kabuto mask, which is what these samurais wore. So you kind of have like this, like, I know the samurais aren't, you know, necessarily tied, but they're like this almost guardians or imperial guardians or something like that. It it makes this this Pokemon like so freaking cool. It does. It does. And it's, you, I mean, I I know like we are nerds, so we appreciate getting deep about this, but it's like people are like, these are cartoon characters, guys. Uh. Just stop. But it's actually funny because, you know, these... The, the more you get in, like, I'm, Pokemon Go is, like, my thing now. So, like, I love going out there. But the more you, like, watch them and you see them on the game, they're, they're, they really put the time and effort into make these, making these things scientific. Like, who, yeah. there's somebody who works for the company that literally is, like, a biologist who's like, let's try to make this sort of real. Like, let's, you know. Exactly. And then let's make their, and then, like, and then, like you said, I brought up, you know, the names. 
So for instance, in this particular name, it's a blend of the word N10, which means blazing heat, and uh, or N, which is flame, and then the uh, last part, Kote, which is emperor. So basically, flaming emperor, which I know sounds really weird, but- um, That sounds awesome. <laughs> it sounds like literally he's like, this. it's, it's like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Human Torch. Uh, right, yeah. Just basically like shooting off fireballs. But um, yeah, so he, this this guy literally, and I'm sure I'm, uh, when I do the other two, we'll, we'll probably, uh, I'll probably find out more about the other two, but it seems like these legendaries are really put into like a higher standard. And the people behind them really are, uh, are seriously, you know, they're making these guys like legit. They're really taking the time, which is good because a lot of stuff on, you know, shows and games these days, nobody they, you you take no care in your stuff like pokemon and its world like these guys really put the effort into it which i appreciate uh, so all right so that was fun i think we both appreciated that one pretty much um i'm just staring at the Entei picture right now he like he looks so regal like i want to write him I'm like about the sprites <laughs> right in the battle and just be like flamethrower oh, uh, right? all right cool so, um, all right, so that is Entai, you guys. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed. Um, so before we uh, sign off, what is your, uh, what's your next podcast going to be about? If you uh, guys have something coming up. Yeah, we have, we have a bunch in the hopper, but I think the one that is probably most relevant uh, when this episode will come out is we just interviewed a comic book writer, Alex Schumacher. Uh, we've, been writing, we've been interviewing a lot of comic book writers lately. And so the one that should be out right now when this comes out is Alex Schumacher and he does a couple of comic book strips. That's, it was pretty interesting talking to him. So check that nice. one. Nice. I'm very jealous of you. You get to talk to the cool people. <laughs> no, it's just, you know. I get to talk to cool people too, though. You're awesome. I'm I, right I, here. I, I, so appreciate you. <laughs> I, 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 I just, I do so appreciate you coming on. It's really cool. Oh, I'm just joking. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, cool. All right. So I will, uh, when this episode goes out, so if you guys have been listening, we put out two episodes every Monday. I actually just put out my two today. Uh, mm -hmm. They were some solos. Uh, one was about Disney Plus. The other one was about Martin Scorsese. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, and that was a short one because, honestly, I felt like I was ranting the same thing over and over again. But, you know, Happens to the sometimes, best of us, sometimes short and sweet is better, right? Of course. Um, all right. So I put those out. So uh, hopefully this guy will pop up soon. Um, as always, we got a bunch more Pokemon stuff coming out. Um, I think I might have you back. Uh, possibly next week or the week after. Um, so I always appreciate you coming on and sharing your wisdom. Um, <laughs> so. I know we've done Marvel together, so we'll do some more of that soon. Yeah. Um, but this yeah, week, uh, by the way, real quick, this week is Pokemon Sword and Shield release on the 15th. Ooh, well, I was actually just going to say tomorrow I'm getting Disney Plus. So hey, there you go. Disney Plus and Sword and Shield in one week. Damn. Very busy week, I know. <laughs> busy week. All right, so maybe we'll have to do a uh, we'll have to do a uh, thingy. But when they're out, we'll uh, we'll let it run for a week or two, and we'll come back on and discuss all the uh, things that came out together. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. All right, all right, buddy. So until next time, everybody out in your land, go catch them all.